Hi, Scott and John here. Yeah, folks, the world is fast approaching the end game, and we are trying to expose the upcoming deception before time runs out. We want to make this a full-time goal, and we need your support to fight the satanic global elite. So here's how you can help. Subscribe to the new Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast to listen to every episode ad-free. Plus, get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to a new community forum. Sure. So just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today. Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to episode 87, Interview with L.A. Marzuli, The UFO Nephilim Connection, Part 2. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Hi. Scott Mitchell here with Bible Mysteries Podcast. Zena will be back next episode, but till then, enjoy part two of our exciting interview with L.A. Marzulli and the UFO Nephilim Connection. I heard you say um, in, a, in another discussion that you believe that alien implants, uh, which is a fascinating discussion, and uh, boy, watching some of the videos uh, you did with the little fairies, <laughs> the little dark uh, things, uh, that alien implants are prototypes of the mark of the beast. Yeah. And, and, and what are the implants tracking that are found in the abductees? Is that just for them to find them again, to re-abduct them, to remove the ovum or, or, the, or the... No, not at all. They, they can find... They, they don't need... I remember talking to Roger, Dr. Roger Lear about it. I said, well, are these tracking devices? He just laughed. He said, they, they don't need tracking devices. And they mm. don't. Um, these are prototypes of something that is in a, in a state of evolution. It's evolving, whatever these things are. Mm. There are carbon, double-walled carbon nanotubes, according to some of the research that we've done. Mm. We, we are the only, the late uh, Richard Shaw and myself, we're the only Christian team that's ever taken out an implant. And when I talked about implants, I was laughed at by my brothers and sisters. Mm. Oh, that's just poppycock. This is all demonic delusion. Isn't, you know, this stuff isn't real. And the people who said that are now eating crow because it is real. Yeah. And at some point they will start talking about the implants. Um, the implant we took out was about 40 years old. And that was about what six years ago, seven mm. years ago. Um, so it's, you know, it was now it's 47 years old and he was abducted when he was five, he was implanted and the thing started to erupt. And we did a whole Dr. Roger Lear had a protocol that was in place. X-rays, CAT scan, Gauss meter, all these different protocols. Mm. Yeah, we see it. It was a questionnaire making sure the guy wasn't asking for money or notoriety, anything like that. Finally, the ultrasound, there it was. And we removed it, which in itself was another story because there was a lot of resistance. That thing was being cloaked and the Holy Spirit tapped me on the shoulder and said, you need to pray against this and do it now. I'm full in a room full of unbelievers. And I say, well, it's going to sound really strange, everybody, but I'm going to pray and I'm going to do it now. And my prayer is very short and simple. Father, if there are forces cloaking this device, hiding it from us, I pray that you would break their power 
and do it soon. And about five minutes, not even two minutes later, the implant came like this. Like yeah. That. And everybody went, oh my gosh, what's that? And Dr. Matriciani goes, that's the implant. And he takes the ultrasound wand and he taps it and looks at it and taps it and puts it back on his leg again. It's my arm, but his leg and, and there's the implant. And he looks at it. He does this about a half a dozen times. He can't believe that all of a sudden, you know, it's working. Uh, two days later, we're in SEAL lab with Dr. Roger Lear. I call Roger out into the hall to get him away from everybody. And I go, Roger, I hope you understand what happened in that, in that operating theater. His eyes got really big. He said, L.A., I now believe that there's a supernatural dynamic to the alien abduction phenomenon and the implant phenomenon that we see. And I'm going to tell Whitley Strieber about it. Last time I ever saw Roger, we went down to Peru. We came back and he died. And I never saw him again. And uh, I know this, that we impacted, that experience impacted his life. And we were praying for a couple of years that something, the Lord would show him something. And that changed his paradigm. Whether he ever came across the aisle, I have no idea, you know, but he was Jewish. And he had a a preset condition because of the discrimination and everything else. And then you look at Auschwitz and you say, how would a, why would a loving God, you know, allow Auschwitz? I wrote about this in the Cosmic Chess Match. Well, you know, a loving God allows it because we're in this, this window of time where the protocols of this heavenly war, some of which we understand, most of which we don't, but we get glimpses of the heavenly war. You mentioned the book of Daniel earlier. Um, when the angel Gabriel goes to see Daniel, you can't see him. The Prince of Persia is blocking the way. How, how does that work? We don't know. We're not told. So Daniel goes and gets reinforcements. Would you like to have a two paragraph? And then we drew our weapons and we fought the Prince of Persia oh, yeah. with, with his minions and we pushed them. You don't get that. Yeah. Drives me nuts. Drives <laughs> I want the details. <laughs> I want the details. How do they fight? I'll tell you, I'll tell you a dream I had. Um, and I'll set it up. 42 years ago, brand new Christian, I was taken for three seconds in the body or out of the body. I found myself on a white horse, no bridle, no saddle, holding its manes, its mane. And we were riding at a slight angle going down like this. To my left was the rider on the white horse. The armies of heaven were stacked up like Level one, two, three, four, five, 10, 20, 30, 40, in a horseshoe shape. Horseshoe shape. In the middle of the horseshoe is the rider of the white horse. And we're all traveling together. The horses are staggered. So every rider all through that great retinue can see the rider on the white horse. Holy Spirit's all over me as I'm telling this. It's unbelievable. Wow. And wow. That's amazing. You said this happened in three seconds. Three seconds. I, that's what I, second one, um, I, my hands holding <laughs> the manes, the mane of the horse. Second two, there's the rider on the white horse. Second three, I look up. I'm, I'm on the right flank. There's the host. Yeah, I'm on the right flank, about eight rows back. I can't tell you what, what level, but I'm about eight rows back. The guys in the front are really big. They're much bigger than a normal human being. Yeah, and that was, and I remember telling my first pastor, I said, 
I had this really weird, it wasn't a vision. I was there and he's looking at me like, I tell him and he goes, have you ever read the book of Revelation? I said, no, because I was a brand new Christian. I hadn't, I hadn't got that far in the Bible yet. Oh, so, interesting. So now it's 19, no, now it's 2014 and um, my father passes away. So I fly back from California uh, for the funeral and arrange everything. And we're going to take uh, Miss Lee, my mother, back here to California because she needs, you know, that, all, all that stuff. So I'm in my childhood bedroom and the Holy Spirit begins to speak to me. Now, you know, when the Holy Spirit speaks, I'm not, I'm not hearing an audible voice, but I, I know his voice and, you know, he can, he, he speaks. Sure. And this doesn't happen, by the way, every day. This happens very, very, you know, I get, I get prompts, I get direction. Yeah. Cause I walk with them on a daily basis. As I was talking to that, I felt his presence all over me, which is another, another thing that happened about two years ago, which has been ongoing. I never had that before. So it's, we're moving into something very interesting. Yeah. And um, so he goes, you remember that vision you had? Remember when you were taken and you were on your white horse? And I immediately went, yeah. Can I have some more of that? <laughs> Dead silence. And he goes, what do you think happens to those horses? This is, this is what I get, right? This is how he speaks to me. And I go, I don't know. I don't know what happens to the horses. And he goes, the horses are the father's gift to you. I'm thinking, this is what I'm thinking to myself because I'm such a carnal guy. Oh, great. I get to take, take care of a horse, which means horse poop. Oh, lovely. That's, you know, right? <laughs> oh, Where's lovely. Oh, <laughs> great. I get to take care of a goofy horse. I mean, you know, whatever. Horse poop, and I got to clean things up and feed this thing. I'm going, what does every kid want when they're young? They want a horse. They want a pony, right? Yeah. Every kid, including me. I never got one. But yeah. every kid, you know, in the 50s, now they want video games. Yeah. Okay. But in the 50s, we all wanted horses. All right. So I'm, I'm thinking to myself, oh, great. It's Father's gift to me. I get a horse. Right. Then the Holy Spirit drops the bomb. And he goes, and that horse can fly. Mm. And I sat up in the bed and I went, oh, my gosh. Oh, my, can I see him? Can I see him? Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I? And that was pretty much the end of the conversation. Since then, I now believe that when we arrive, a couple of things the Lord's shown me, and this will circle back eventually in the how they fight, maybe, conjecture. Yeah. Only Marzulli, I don't know. I mean, he, gets, he gets some weird stuff sometimes, and he believes in UFOs. Oh, my God. Oh, wait, they're real. Sorry. <laughs> but he, um, from that, that whole conversation. So let's get this straight. A lot of people perish during the tribulation, but when he comes back, there's still 4 billion people on the earth. Do we have what we have now as satellite dishes? I, I believe we will. All that, all that technology just isn't going to go away. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, 4 billion people, this huge event happens because all the extraterrestrial stuff's already there. So people are prepped for it. It's all conjecture, right? The armies of heaven are gathered for the invasion, you know, the, uh, the evil extraterrestrial. <laughs> but it's the rider on the white horse with, with his army. That's us on our white horses. 
I'll say it again. The armies of heaven rode with him on white horses, dressed in fine linen, white and white clean. clean. Yep. Revelation, Revelation 19. 19. Yep. Wonderful. I'm making this up. So we hit the ground, and, and uh, this is what the Lord showed me. It says, out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron, right? That sword, what does it say? Um, um, let me see if I can get the scripture right. He is the image of the unseen God, uh, the firstborn of creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, thrones, dominions, rules, authorities. All things were created by him and for him, and he holds all things together. Right. If that's true, when he shows up, right, what comes out of his mouth, in my opinion, he stops holding them all together. He just stops it. He just goes, I'm not holding you together anymore. And, you know, Raiders on the Locked Ark, when they melt, all the blood goes everywhere. Yeah. Just I, That's conjecture. I don't know, but it's based on scripture. But, you know, I, I would agree with that conjecture because, L.A., the, um, the plague of Zechariah 14 is the same experience. Of if they don't come up to the Feast of Tabernacles, they melt as they stand on their feet, so, which is where I think Spielberg got that from when he. Uh, I know it from. Yeah, yeah. So, um, wow, that's that's so, really. So circling back to how they fight. So now it's this year, about two months ago. I have a dream. It's not a vision. I wasn't taken. It's a dream. And in the dream. Um. I'm on my white horse and my white horse is about 50 feet away from me. We're in this very stark, um, barren wasteland. It's black. It's dark. Smoke is coming up out of the ground. It's, it's a horrible place. Nothing green, nothing grows there. It's a wasteland. And like Gollum coming up out of the ground, is this being, and you know, it's he's coming up and he surfaces, and I look at him and he looks at me and I go, I know who you are, you just got out, and the moment I say that, boom, I'm pushed back thirty feet. He never touches me. I'm just like bam, just pushed back, like boom, hitting the solar plexus, pushed back. He can't kill me because I'm in an immortal body, but he pushes me back. I get on my white horse, I fly back to Jerusalem from I don't know where I was, and I'm in front of the Lord, and this crazy dream, right? And I say, he's out. He just got out. And the Lord looks at me and he goes, I know. I had another dream recently where Jesus is on a beach, and his white horse is about 50 feet away, and he's, 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 he's tending this little fire. Maybe he's about to cook some fish. I don't know. Yeah. I'm walking up to him and then the dream ends. I keep going, Lord, can we continue that? That was a really cool. Oh, dream. man. Oh, so, wow. you know, I don't get a lot of these, but those, those, look, those, everything I just said was over 40, a 42 year time span. Yeah. So I just gave it to you in, in what, five minutes? But it's a 42 year time span from the first vision to 2014 when my father dies, you know, the rider on the white horse to, you know, the conjecture. Well, maybe. When we land, this is what happens. So, you know, it's that's that's you know. fascinating. And, and in the dream about the uh, the 
the bleak, desolate place where you see the golem-like figure come up. Are you yeah. likening that to, uh, a, a, as as it were, an image of Apollyon coming out of the pit or the beast rising up out of the bottom that's, of the pit? That's after the thousand-year millennium, they let him out. Oh, as in Gog and Magog's final battle. That's that's yeah. after the thousand-year <laughs> so millennium. So it would be Satan. And, yeah, yeah, it's Satan himself. Yeah. And that's what he looks like after being in the pressure cooker. Yeah, exactly. Because remember, people look and go, that's the one that started all the trouble? This the one that made the nations to shake? Exactly. Wow. Well, you know, um, so much of your research has been about the evidence of giants, the Nephilim, and uh, and hybrids. And we know, of course, the incursion that happened in Genesis 6, where these Benai Elohim, the sons of God, that are the rebellious, as we would call it, the rebellious watchers or angels that took the daughters of men to wife. And of course, that's when the sons were born to them that were the, the giants. But uh, in Psalm 90, David later wrote that the days of our years are three score and 10. And so we used to live 900 plus years, you know, back in those days. And now uh, we're lucky if we reach 80 and whatever. Do, do you think it's possible that human genetics have deteriorated to such an extent from the days of Noah that direct conception to produce hybrids like the giants is no longer feasible and therefore these abductions might be something to circumvent that? Absolutely. And here's why. When I was in Israel a few years ago, uh, we went into Jerusalem in the old city and there's all these shops and all the shops show this pole with this huge cluster of grapes being carried by two guys. Uh, Caleb and Joshua. (laughs) So what are we looking at there, folks? Is that... You know, is that hyperbole? Eh, I think not. The reason why it takes two guys to carry the grapes, there's genetic engineering going on. Absolute genetic engineering. See this guy right here behind yeah. me? This guy is an example of genetic engineering, in my opinion. Yeah. This is, in my opinion, a, a one of the tribes of the Nephilim right here. Right. right. So, yeah. So they're not, Chuck Messer says, they're not getting what they used to get. After the flood, our genetics get changed. We know yeah, that. That's what right. Happens. Absolutely. Our genetics get changed. They're not getting what they used to get. So this is why Daniel says, their seed will mingle with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave to them. Who are they? Well, it's not human beings. That makes no sense. Human beings will mingle with the seed of human beings. Doesn't make any sense. So it's the fallen watchers. This is a Paracas skull. It's a, it's a replica created by Joe Taylor, a one-to-one replica. I'll hold it next to my head. And for those that don't know, Paracas is in Peru on the coast, yeah, on the west. Peru. So there you go. Wow. That's that's how that looks. Mm. Let's see if I get my hand out of that. So it's all wrong on so many different levels. Yeah, it, the proportions so are completely distorted. Completely distorted. The you, eye sockets. Yeah, that I was going to say, talk about the eye sockets. You, you made discussion 20, about the orbital. Um, the, the orbits are 25 to 30% larger than a normal human being. The pupillary distance between here and here, the distance between my pupils are 65 millimeters. Mm-hmm. The distance here are 45 millimeters. They probably had night vision, according mm-hmm. to our optometrist who came on the record in our film, Shameless Plug, Episode 6, DNA evidence, the final results. Oh, plug away, that. plug away. You that's that that's what we want. Yeah, streaming.lamarzuli.net, streaming.lamarzuli.net. And you can, that, we don't have time. That's a full hour film where we have doctors and surgeons and uh, medical professionals of all walks of life 
archaeologists, chiropractors, anthropologists talking about it. So the, the, the standard paradigm in archaeological circles, oh, that was cradle headboarded. Well, you don't know that. You're just making this up because that's what you were taught in school. You're not thinking at all. You're just parroting what you were told to say to get your A on your goofy test and get your license. Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important. There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And the world is fast approaching the end game, and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out. Freedom of speech is under attack, and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak. This is true, so you can help us use the satanic global elite's own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down. We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries. Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech. And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax deductible. Thanks again, and here's the show. So these are these are sutures right here. These are sutures in the skull. There should be a suture that goes from right here, the frontal plate. Here's the frontal plate, which right. is abnormally, right? Right. I mean, look at that. Yeah. There. So that frontal plate, we'll scratch here. Frontal plate, there should be a sagittal suture. Right. Goes like this and splits the parietal in two. There's no such suture and there's not even a vestige of it. Right. And for those that may not know, and, and L.A.'s described this in more detail than in, in his other films and his books, but when a human child is born, these uh, cranial plates are not connected together yet. It's, so it's to make the, the child's travel through the birth canal uh, feasible. Exactly and, exactly. and so once they're born, the, the skull begins to harden and come together. And obviously uh, you would see the remnants in an adult skull of that suture, that sagittal suture you're talking about. These have no evidence of that ever being. None. There. It's just not there. And the thing is, there, there is a disease called cranial synoptosis, which the sagittal suture will close up but there'll still be, you'll see something there. Yeah. Not there. And no. why is it that the Baraka skull, you know, have a, it, it, cranial synotosis is not extremely rare, but it's not, it's not, you know, common in, in everything. Why is it that the Baraka skulls, the ones that are not cradle headboarded, why is it that there's such a preponderance of them in Baracas? The smoking gun was, was given to us. Well, let me show you the zygomatic arch. The zygomatic arch here, is incredibly, I got taped to hold the jaw, but incredibly robust, especially around the eye. Mm -hmm. look, look around the eye, how absolutely robust it is. We don't have features like this at yeah. all. Look at that. We don't have feet. Look, look at this right there. Yeah, that's look almost so pronounced. It's, it's almost right. like it's another species. Yeah, well, it is. It is, and yeah. So this is the work of Rick Woodward, our anthropologist, 
So this is the foramen magnum right here. This white area is where Joe Taylor put the clay inside the skull and molded it. So when he created the mold, you could sit a dowel in it and, and hold the skull. So this white part right there is not, let me get a pen, is not part of the foramen magnum. Mm -hmm. But this outer circle that you see is the outer part of the foramen magnum right there. And the spinal column would attach to the skull like that. So this whole thing, and then all of the nerve endings, I mean, fearfully and wonderfully made, it's unbelievable. Yeah. All the cables attached inside our brain. That's just wacky, right? How does that work? Yeah. So normally, and this is the smoking gun again, this is the work of our anthropologist on our team, Rick Woodward. So the foramen magnum in a normal human being should be here, right, right. there. Where the skull balances on the top of the atlas. Bingo, yeah. bingo. But that's not what we see. It's all the way to the back. If it's any further back, can you see that? Mm -hmm. If it's any further back, it's outside the skull for crying out loud. Yeah. So this is why it's genetic. It is not anything to do with cranial deformation. I can take a skull now just based on the foramen magnum. I can tell you in five seconds whether it's been cranial, cradle headboarded. If it's cradle headboarded, that foramen magnum will be dead center of a skull because you cannot manipulate the foramen magnum. You can't. Right. You, cannot, you cannot move. It's impossible. There's you no exterior pressure you can put on a skull to, to cause that to misshape. You can't. Yeah. And we have darkness. By, this is why number six is so important to watch. Streaming.lamarzulli.net. I mean, this is like, it's conclusive proof. Mm -hmm. And by the way, our DNA evidence showed that a preponderance of these, these entities do not, you know, originate the, the haplogroup B, which is Asia. They don't originate there. They originate from the Middle East, from the Black Sea, from Eastern Europe. That rewrites history. But the oh, yeah. academics don't like that because it rewrites history. And well, that's going to that's going to bring me to another question. I'm going to bring up in a few minutes about the Horites. But uh, yeah, well, yeah. that's the Horites. But yeah, <laughs> they don't like that because you know I'm not an academic. I'm not part of their club. I'll never be part of their club. I don't want to be in their club. Right. So then look at me and my research, and I'm blacklisted. I mean, I am. We can't get our DNA tested in any lab pretty much in the United States. We can right. get it tested in Canada. And, you know, thank God for uh, the DNA lab up there. But, you know, I won't start mentioning names, but they, they won't test our stuff. They won't. The moment they hear Paracas, Peru, or Marzulli, woo, right out the window we go. Well, we've so, already seen how the medical and scientific community is falling in line with the satanic global agenda. It's, un so, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. You know, um, talking about these hybrids and um, in the Genesis, Genesis 6 account of the Nephilim, uh, the, the passage that states that God looked upon the earth and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth indicates that it wasn't just humanity that was being manipulated genetically. Don't you believe you mentioned chimeras earlier? Don't you believe that they were messing with other species too? Yeah. The book of Enoch tells us that um, other pseudepigraphical extra biblical books talk about that. So, you know, you can, we can look, it's not part of our canon, but we can appreciate its historicity. Sure. And I truly believe that, they were all over this thing, genetically tampering with the genetics, making chimeras. And you know what? Jesus said it'll be like the days of Noah when he returns. 
Well, they're doing the same thing now. They're making chimeras. And I remember this article came out a number of years ago, you know, lab in Britain, lab in Great Britain destroys chimeras. You know, nonsense. They destroy some of the chimeras. Yeah. You know, so they don't grow. How do we know what you're doing? There's a place supposedly in Dulce, uh, New Mexico. They call it the Hall of Horrors, where these chimeras are kept, some of them. I've had, yeah. And oh. they, they, yeah, it's just like. Dulce, Mexico? Lower. Yeah. Yeah. Dulce, New oh Mexico. Oh, gosh. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, you think about the horrifying entities that come on the planet during the time of Jacob's trouble. It wouldn't surprise me if this is Satan using human proxies to manipulate genetically things that turn right around against them, you know, that are used against them. You know, it's. um, I was I'm speaking at a Bigfoot conference in August. Mm. Why? Because it all goes like this. Yeah. Bigfoot, Sasquatch, in my opinion, are modern-day Nephilim. That's what they are. Yeah, they're, they're interdimensional entities. They pop in, they pop out. We also know that around UFO sightings, a lot of time, Bigfoot accompanies the UFO stuff. So um, this is nothing new. Yeah. But what, what is interesting about this, and this is the work of the late Russ Dizdar, Russ talked about the beasts of the earth. One of the seals were broken. The beasts of the earth turn against mankind. And Russ would say, it's not hamsters and giraffes. And he would say that jokingly. Yeah. It's not hamsters and giraffes. So we know that that the rise of sightings of Bigfoot are through the roof right now. Really? Sightings are all over the place. Interesting. Globally. So conjecture, once again, on my part, I believe that the beasts of the earth could be Therion. I'm going to interview a woman tomorrow who lives in a very, very remote area. Um, I won't say where, and she's seeing these things and they're, they're huge. You're saying therion. That's a term I'm unfamiliar with. It's uh, the beast of the earth, therion. Oh, the Greek. I got you. Okay. Sorry. I was thinking of a, no, no, the Greek, the beast of the earth, therion, and it's not hamsters and giraffe. I believe when these things, I'll I'll tell you a story, uh, a friend of mine, told me this. His uncle was out hunting with two hunting dogs. So he's coming up a a hill and there's a valley below him, but he's not on top of the hill yet. And his dogs are ahead of him. And all of a sudden he hears them yelping and, 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 and just they're being tortured. Something's going on. He runs up to the top of the hill. There's two Bigfoot there, 10, 12 feet tall. Mm. It just torn the dogs in half. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's that's fascinating. You know, a, a, a very close friend of mine. In fact, he sees my in-law now because my son married his daughter. Okay. <laughs> but uh, he used to tell Bigfoot stories of his father-in-law who lived in rural eastern Oklahoma. There and you go. Is that it? Yeah. There was something about that. And they were fascinating stories. Very, very. That's well. where this happened also. Oh, wow. How about that? Yeah. And and this particular man um, lived so remotely, his driveway was something like a half a mile, mile long. It was crazy. So he was that remote. So, you know, he wasn't around any neighbors and therefore he saw some things that were pretty fascinating. You know, L.A., um, do you think that the fallen angels are one, either posing as aliens or 
are there actually aliens manipulated by them, you know, physical entities? Because you hear these stories of greys, of reptilians, of Nordics, whatever. Uh, and, and are we confusing fallen satanic angels with these aliens or do they actually have they manipulated humanity with genetically? And that's where we get the greys from. Or is it a combination? I believe that the greys are biological constructs by the dragon to house the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. The disembodied spirits of the Nephilim become the demons that inhabit the earth. Right. That's what they are. Right. So they need something physical in order to manifest in our dimension. So I think the greys are the biological construct where the demons can go in and manipulate them. Mm-hmm. I also believe, Russ Dizdar taught me this, Metiscus monocide. The idea of being able to shapeshift and present you as these these entities, these fallen angels. Remember, fallen angels are fallen angels. Demons are the disembodied spirits of right. the Nephilim. Exactly. The Nephilim are the, are the progeny of fallen angels, the women of Earth creating a Nephilim. So fallen angels can appear as whatever they want to. They can appear male, female, um, reptilian, which I believe is what they really look like. They can, they can appear as Nordics, tall whites. Uh, they can appear as whatever they want to. They can shapeshift into whatever form they need to, to entice people, to lure people. Um, and that's conjecture. Yeah. You know, the last time anybody sat down with a Nordic and, and picked its brain, never going to happen. Yeah. Not on exactly. this side of disclosure anymore. You know, we talk about these beings, uh, and, and in reality, so much of fictional media Marvel movies uh, and going back way further than that, even, but just recently, you know, Asgard, Thor, Loki, those are pictures of Nordics in a sense that it's almost like we're being prepared for something. We're being desensitized. Absolutely. No doubt. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. We're being prepared to super soldiers, you know, uh, Captain America, right? Super soldier, all of this. Uh, and, and, and in reality, I think it's probably our human yearning to get back to maybe the way Adam and Eve originally were perfect in, in their genetics uh, would have lived forever had they eaten the tree of life and not sinned. So we probably yearn for that. And this is the serpent's enticement to have. You want eternal life? You want to be a super soldier? You know, you want to be a superhero? Take this mark. You know, and, and exactly that's what you well think that's said. what's coming. That is what's coming. I, I keep warning about it. Um, remember, God sends them strong delusion because they did not believe the truth. What is the truth? We talked about it earlier, that Jesus spoke everything into existence, and we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. And uh, evolution is the biggest lie, the biggest lie that's ever been hoisted up the uh, theological you know, flagpole, as it were, yeah. if I can use an analogy. Yeah. And the fact that some you know, theistic evolution, are you out of your mind? Are you are you are you really that you really think God is that small? Yeah. That millions of years of evolution nonsense. We're fearfully and wonderfully created and we're new. We're not billions and billions of years. The earth might be. But yeah. We're a new creation. Right. 10, 12,000 years. You know, it's only 6,000 years old. All right. Oh, get off. Get off your bishop on your high horse. Will you please? Mm. You know, start thinking we're older than that. But we're not 100,000 or 200,000. Yeah. Uh-uh. That's not what we are. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, 
we talked about uh, the grays being uh, biological constructs for the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. Uh, other than that, do you think Nephilim are among us in other forms besides giant or, or the, these constructs? Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, in, in our film, once again, it's free. L.A. Marzulli, go to our YouTube channel and watch it. <clears throat> Al Matthews has an encounter with a hybrid entity, female, which changes his life. He comes running, and we, we counsel them, like, within 24 hours after the event. <clears throat> he was frantic, freaked out. <clears throat> we sent him resources. He came aboard. And he's the, he's the centerpiece of that free film. And this, am I, am I not, hopefully I've watched so much of your stuff lately. I'm not mixing them up together because I thoroughly enjoyed it, LA. Um, but are we talking about the Canadian gentleman that encountered yes. the woman with the eyes that, That's it. that, uh, what did he call it? Um, they shape-shifted. Uh, shape-shifted, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's that's really fascinating. And, and you know, it, it brings to mind the passage in Daniel 2.43 about they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. There it is. But they shall not cleave one to another. And that tied with what you mentioned earlier about Jesus saying, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, is, is really all, it's not conjecture. It's all the evidence we need, you know, to, to see this, this coming together. Um the kinds of Genesis chapter one, God said, let the earth bring forth a living creature after their kind. Um, is, is there a, a special correlation between the species of Nephilim and species of aliens? Are they, in other words, is there some connection between the two? I'm trying to get, the, I want to title this interview, the UFO Nephilim connection. And, and if you could put the pieces together, where do they intersect? Is it an is it an easy answer or is it like years of research answer? <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's it's years of research. I mean, the book. If your audience is at all interested in that, pick up the Primer, which changed my life. It's called the Omega Conspiracy by Doctor I D E Thomas. I received my honorary doctorate from Doctor Thomas when he put that mantle over me. Peggy and I, my wife and I, thought instantly, "This is like Elijah." giving his mantle to Alicia. I mean, this is what this is. And we've carried on his work, 13 books, 21 films, uh, either directly involved or, you know, peripheral, but always about the Nephilim. My life's work, um, you said it earlier. I mean, I'm like one of the world's renowned experts on the Nephilim. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I don't want to pat myself on the back here a little bit, but George Norrie, uh, the host of Coast to Coast stated that publicly on air a couple of interviews ago I did with him. Uh, other people have said the same thing. I mean, uh, 13 books deal with the Nephilim. Yeah. All those books on some level always goes back to the Nephilim. So if you're, you know, we don't have time to get into all that 13 books. Yeah. What we do have time for is to point you, if you want the primer, the book that changed my life and Tom Horn's life and Patty Heron's life when he was alive was the Omega Conspiracy. That's the book that was the springboard for all of us. Okay. And um, we all, I'm standing on Dr. Thomas's shoulders. Right. If he were alive and he'd be a hundred years old now, 102, mm. he'd be 102 years old. So I miss him. So he's the Omega alive. Conspiracy, that's, that's one I'll have to read. Yeah, and I began to read some of David Flynn's work too. And um, David Flynn was amazing. That's fa I, in fact, his studies about Isaac Newton, and the mathematics yeah, of the Principia 
you know, that that's just really so. But but the Rahab thing, that's another <laughs> I need to delve into that because that's something I haven't researched yet. I have to go in three minutes. So, OK, well, then let me wrap this up. Okay. Um, uh, because we mentioned the Horites, you've got to go. Is there a pattern of migration of the Nephilim from Canaan to other parts of the earth? Yeah, we think that there's um, there was a stelae uh, found on the northern coast of Africa that said, we are they who fled from the face of Joshua, the robber, the son of Nun. What's that doing there? Right. Yeah. And yeah. there's this Western migration. We see evidence of it all over, um, all over Europe, all over the Americas all over South America. Some went westward, others came down the Red Sea, Pacific Ocean, I believe, the ones that landed in Paracas about 3,200 years ago, right in the time of the diaspora. And I mean, we, we already did the research, we did the DNA. My hypothesis was, uh, at the time, these are Nephilim that came, that fled from the Levant. The DNA proves it. Yeah. So how much more DNA samples do we really need? It's yeah. already done there. Apparently, Brian Forrester had a team that went down. It's on Gaia TV. And they, they, they took 100 samples and they did the they were able to coax nuclear DNA out. Unknown primate. Once again, that's my wheelhouse. Unknown primate. So yeah. Of course, Gaia immediately goes, oh, it's extraterrestrial. Well, yeah. But what if it's fallen angels, which is what I've been saying. Yeah. You know, this is 2013 <laughs> going on 10 years now. So that's what it fit. Everything I've said or, or, or posited, and that was our hypothesis, has come to pass. The DNA evidence showed a Middle Eastern European uh, Black Sea connection. That's all Nephilim Central. Okay. Yeah. Now the nuclear DNA is showing unknown, unknown, not Magenbank. Once again, fits our hypothesis. Yeah. So we're right. You know, dare I be so bold? You know, there's no hubris <laughs> here, just the facts. Yeah. the facts, man. But that's what, I mean, the DNA evidence proves it. The genetic, we already talked about that. Look at the skull. I mean, it's a genetic aberration. We are looking at the fingerprints of the supernatural. Nephilim architecture, fallen angel technology, it's global. And that's why we're on the trail. Amen. And there's going to be a great deception involving all of this at some point that is going to be that catalyst. I think it may be that when Satan's cast out of the, 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 the battle in heaven by Michael and his angels, that they're going to come down and claim to be our alien ancestors. That's what I think, too. Yeah, I really yeah. do. I think that's going to be one of the at least part that of the strong delusion. Yeah. L.A., it has been a privilege. You are so gracious to give us this time. Oh, Thank you for coming. Uh, folks, I'm going to post all his links for you to, to click on and check out his books. You will you you miss a blessing if you don't read some of the series and if you don't watch the videos. So get them while you can. I'll send up the links for Amazon and everything else. Thank you so much. God bless you. You too. God bless you, L.A. Take care. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast. You can even gift a subscription to a friend. That's right. Remember, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to join and help us expose the satanic global elite, or make a tax-deductible donation at utbnow.com. 
We need your help to fight the global censorship of the truth. Thanks for your support. 